Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Rachel, it is so good to see your face. It is amazing. Always, Roberta, my favorite time of the entire week. We are back in November, the beginning of November. I can't believe I'm saying that. And it is Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. I'm Rachel. And before we get into all the royal news you need to know, of course, email us info at gallerypodcast.com. Please, please, please leave us a review. We would love that if you enjoy hearing the podcast. Also follow us on Instagram at royallyobsessedpodcast.com. Rachel, it's been a little quiet still because some people are still kind of on vacation. They just got back. But what is on tap? I'm so excited for today's episode. I can't even contain myself. I know. Well, we are joined by the Amanda Matta of Matta of Fact on TikTok, on Instagram. She's coming on to talk about Spare, which you guys heard from us with the bonus episode last week. We could not contain our own excitement then. We're going to get into it today a little bit more in this week. We're talking about a canceled wedding for Princess Margaret. The Cambridges are back out. And the Wales case, is. Oh, yeah. Why so hard Cambridges? I, know, I don't even think so you need to edit to that out because that's just a natural slip of the tongue <laughs> that we're all making these days. Um, they're back out and Kate's virtually out and about. Uh, Mike Tyndall's reality show promo. The pics happened. It's feeling real. And your royally inspired Halloween looks, which were just Chef's kiss. Blew us away. So there's a lot looking to look forward to. We're so happy you're here. Now for our royal refreshment. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. As always, we definitely need to have a glass of red in honor of fall. I can't believe, I just said this at the top of the episode, that it is already November. I need to start my Christmas shopping right now. I actually was messaging with a friend yesterday about that. And she was like, is it weird that I'm already thinking about it? And I'm like, bring it on. This year, I just want all the joy, all the festivities. I I think Halloween in particular in Brooklyn has been so fun too, because everyone goes so nuts for the holiday here. So I just want the same for the next couple months. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm like that Mariah Carey video. Um, we have a surprise announcement, Rachel. I cannot wait to hug you in person and be in New York together because, listeners, we are hosting a conversation with the Andrew Morton. He's obviously the biographer who is the man behind Diana in her own words. He's also a crown consultant, which, I mean, that comes out next week, and the author of the book The Queen out November 15th, which is when this event is taking place from 12 to 2 p.m. We hope you all can join us. It will be in Tribeca. We will post the link to tickets on our Instagram. I cannot wait. I know. We are so excited, and we just can't believe we're going to get to be live in person with you. So stay tuned. We'll post it on social media and a lot more details to come. 
Yes. All right. So back to our conversation about Halloween. You guys just knocked it out of the park. We saw so many amazing costumes that were sent to us via email, via Instagram. One of our favorites, Elizabeth in Columbus, Ohio, sent us her royally inspired look. She said she's almost never inspired to come up with a Halloween costume, but she had so much fun with this one. She couldn't wait to see what everyone else was doing. And she also added that she's been listening since the very first episode. Roberta, you loved this look. It was Kate Middleton, the polka dots, the fascinator, everything. I feel like I own the exact same fascinator as Elizabeth. This was incredible. I also loved the dog dressed up as the queen. That might have been my favorite. The babies, everyone was, I mean, Diana's revenge dress, there were multiple. Oh, that was so good. I couldn't get over the ones that involved Paddington. That was just epic for me, that just staging that whole moment. And also the one that had our book Royal Trivia in it. That was, I loved, and the God Save the Pod tote, which is I one of my, fa- I think it's my favorite tote. I'm just going to be honest. Um, it just was, you guys were just incredible. The creativity was endless. We also have another note from Kara about Carol Middleton's decor. She writes, Hi, Rachel and Roberta. I never would have guessed a month after writing to you about the party pieces sighting, Carol would actually visit ShopRite in New Jersey. My subject header was just for fun. What a coincidence. We had my daughter's birthday last week, and I'm attaching the photos of the decorations. Her line is stunning. Enjoy. I just thought that these were amazing. You know, I was just so excited that this is available to us. I know. I really, the unicorn decorations too are just so good for a little girl's birthday. So thank you, Kara, for writing us in. All right. This week in royal history. And now, this week in royal history. We're flashing back to October 31st, 1955. Princess Margaret cancels her wedding to group captain Peter Townsend. So quick reminder, March of 1944, Peter Townsend is a dashing former fighter pilot of World War II, and he's hired as equerry to King George VI. Reminder, that's obviously Elizabeth and Margaret's father, who after the war wanted to hire men from the military for three months at a time to serve in the royal household. He felt like it could it shouldn't just be the aristocracy. So that's how Peter Townsend gets hired. He stays on. They love him so much. Now, there are so many hints that this becomes a relationship so early on for Margaret, like maybe even when she's in her teens at 17. The king sees her being carried up the stairs after a party by Peter Townsend. The footmen are all definitely aware. There's moments where there's picnics and him and Margaret are laying together on their own blanket at Balmoral. But the public really wasn't because it wasn't weird for Peter Townsend to be around the royal family at all times. So it's just an equity. Like, why would they think any differently? The gossip columnist didn't think anything of it until 1953 when there is this moment after the queen's coronation she princess margaret picks off it was either a piece of lint or she brushes off some dirt from his outfit and the journalists spot it and the press goes berserk because this is an intimate moment yes they pounced i mean the electricity of that moment must have been really exciting to witness right so people saw it so (laughs) this sets off the whirlwind and of course Poor Margaret, I think back to like, you know, all that she's had to go through in 1952. So her father, who she's very close with, some people say that he's the love of her life at this point. The king passes away at a young age. Her sister becomes queen. They have to move from Buckingham to Clarence while the queen has to move from Clarence to Buckingham. So there's this like shuffling of houses. She's only 21. Peter Townsend divorces his wife in 1952. Like all of this sets off this incredible spiral of events, and she's so young at this point. 
So what they need is the Queen's permission due to the Royal Marriages Act of 1772. And the Queen, as head of the Church of England, doesn't want to get involved. She makes a request to Margaret. She says, under the circumstances, it isn't unreasonable of me to ask you to wait a year and also to keep the relationship a secret. But the rumor mill kicks off. Churchill, interestingly, is initially for this relationship. Everyone else is against, except for the queen and her mother, who really want Margaret to find happiness. And they ask that she waits till she's 25, which is just a year. Then she would not be beheld by the Royal Marriages Act, and she would actually be able to be free to marry him. The other option, if she wants to marry him right now, is that she renounces her titles, her succession, her allowance. She can't get communion at church, which... I feel like for a 24-year-old who their whole life thus far pretty much has been bound by duty, this is so much to ask of her. So she waits a year, and they announce that they're not going to go through with it. And this is from a documentary about Princess Margaret's life, and it's her announcement via the radio on October 31st, 1955. Her and Peter are not going to get married. We are interrupting programs for a special announcement. The following personal message was issued from Clarence House by Princess Margaret. There was enormous sympathy for the princess in making this decision because it was quite clear that it meant a lot to her. Um, It it was not something that she undertook lightly. I have been strengthened by the unfailing support and devotion of Group Captain Townsend. And the fact that, unlike when Edward VIII abdicated, here was the opposite happening. Here was the princess who was saying, I'm scared to stay with you. And I think people appreciated that very much, particularly because young girls are not always known for making uh, decisions which involve duty and put duty over love. So Townsend in his autobiography wrote that Margaret could have married me only if she had been prepared to give up everything, her position, her prestige, her privy purse. I simply hadn't the weight I knew it to counterbalance all she would have lost. A lot of people said Tommy Lassels, who was the Queen's private secretary, his whole plan to separate them from a year had worked. Well, what we knew, we thought we knew, changed a lot in 2004 when archives, archivists found out that these papers between the Queen and then Prime Minister Anthony Eden, and both Anthony Eden and the Queen bent over backwards to make this marriage work. Anthony Eden writes, Her Majesty would not wish to stand in the way of her sister's happiness. They said at 25, she can keep her title, she can keep her allowance, she can stay in the UK, she can marry Townsend. So it's still a mystery as to what really dissolved everything, but I liked this little part from the documentary that Townsend said. It started with the same words, that's exactly how I feel, because he actually wrote the statement Margaret released, and you know that's how the relationship started, where they just said, you know, we feel the same way about each other. But we know 1960s, she marries Anthony Armstrong Jones. That ends in divorce. So just interesting flashback to history. I know. I know. know. It's just so difficult. I feel like it's, you know, it's always fascinating, too, to revisit the parallels between, you know, Margaret and the Queen. And, you know, speaking of Andrew Morton, his previous book about that and just the spare, but also just the protocols that really did a number. But I agree with you. What happened in the span of that year? And for her to choose duty, like, I felt like that was a slight at the end of that documentary. That guy said, like, a young girl can't isn't really supposed to decide that. But I feel like, let's give her some credit. This had to be tremendously hard. And I think the world realized that and felt so much sympathy for her. To walk away from 
everything you knew. Like yeah. that just feels like a very difficult choice to make. The love of your life, you thought. So <sighs> yeah. So, so interesting. All right. Now we are joined by Amanda Matta. Here is that conversation. Ro Rose, Amanda Matta is joining us on the pod this week. She's the person behind the wildly popular at Matta Fact on TikTok and now Instagram, where she helps distill all the royal goings on, complexities and contradictions included to an audience of well over a million followers. Amanda, we are so thrilled you came on our pod. Yes, thank you for having me. I've been listening, you know, for quite a while. So this is fun. Aww. I also feel like you were the first person to share so much joy around Royal Trivia when we launched it. And that meant so much to us. So it just, I don't know. It's very long overdue to have you on. It's a thrill to have you. Oh, no, it's great. And yeah, I love Royal Trivia. It's uh, it's always like kind of my go-to for just, I don't know, if I need a fun fact about the Royals. <laughs> Good. Good. Yeah. You were so sweet. We're glad thank to hear you. It. <laughs> you know, like we said, we really are excited to talk to you about so many things, but most of all, spare. Roberta and I, this always happens to us where it the news drops, the biggest news, the second we're done taping, because we usually record on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Our episodes come out Thursdays, as our devoted audience knows. But then spare, we had to get back on. So some of this you know, we just wanted to go back through some of the details. Harry confirmed that his memoir is coming out, spare. It'll be released on January 10th, 2023. The New York Times had the scoop. This is also a day after Kate Middleton's 41st birthday, which is on January 9th. It's ghostwritten by J.R. Moringer. It's going to be 416 pages, $36, and it is already number one on Amazon in the UK and the US. We just could not be more excited about this. And this was also the most surprising news last week. Amanda, were you just as surprised as we were when this finally broke? Yes, absolutely. I think the same goes for me as far as I have these moments of, oh, maybe I'll take a couple days off. I won't yeah, make videos. <laughs> exactly. And then somebody drops huge news, um, usually the Royals. So yeah, I wasn't quite expecting it at that time. Um, we knew that the book was originally slated for December of this year, but obviously with goings on in the world and with the royal family, that got pushed. So I don't know if I was even expecting it as early in 2023 as as when we're actually getting it. Well, in January is kind of an odd time to release a book as well, right? It's it, And for us, we were always like, ah, January is across the board a chance like New Year, New You. You kind of relax. And especially the Royals, it's a little quieter. So January is going to be a huge month for all of us watching, following along and eager to read. Yeah, definitely. There's always this kind of lull right after the holidays, I think, uh, especially in Royal Watching World. But this will, yeah, give people something to tune into. And Amanda, I want to hear your thoughts on the title because I feel like there are definitely differing opinions on it. So what are your thoughts there? Were you shocked, surprised? What do you think? I was not shocked, but when I read the title, I did do a little like, <gasps> I gasped a little bit because yeah. that's such a charged word, especially it when is. it comes to Prince Harry and his role in the family and his history. Uh, this is something that he's been called the spare since the day he was born. And I get the sense that for him, it's always been a place he's been kind of uneasy occupying. So I immediately I said, oh, okay, it's going to be that kind of book. You know, we're reclaiming this label and kind of in a way I get the sense he's taking some of that power back for himself that that, that word carries with it. Yeah, I had the same reaction of a, ga a little gas. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh. yeah. I like yeah. that you say reclaiming too, because I feel like 
a lot of what that word connotes for so many people is negative, but I feel like what we might get from this book from Prince Harry is a different version of the word in that, you know, you spare someone from something or you have spare love to give or like there could be so many ways to interpret this. I feel like Lainey Gossip did a good job in her article from this week about it. And yeah, it's so interesting. Also, the references to Diana as part of the press release, I feel like we'll go back in history and that's the starting point. And I don't know, I want to hear your take on the material. I know we don't have anything really confirmed except for what was in the press release. But um, if you, yeah, what what are you thinking there? Definitely. I I think so much of what we hear about the royal family is said about them or said to them. You know, people like myself providing commentary, maybe giving some unsolicited advice. But very rarely do we get to hear, you know, from the royals themselves. And I think for Harry, he probably looks back at his mother's legacy and and sees, okay, the times in which Princess Diana was the most powerful were the times when she was telling her own story and, and writing her own narrative. So I think for somebody whose life has been shaped by his relationship to his mother and to the trauma that came from losing her, Um, And, you know, everything that's packaged up with that, the relationship with the press and the rest of his family. I think that's a really, you know, a powerful place for him to pick up the narrative, which is the sense that I get as well, that it's going to kind of start with the moment that the world said goodbye to her and and looked at these two boys walking behind her coffin and kind of wondered like, okay, what's next for them? Yeah, I felt the same way. I think that was the second time I gasped after seeing the title, like just knowing that he's really going to go there and take us back to that moment because we all watched along and just just to be able to hear a first person account of what that was like, if he includes that level of detail, mm-hmm. I think part of me is like, I'm not sure I'm ready to read it. You know, it's going to be really emotional. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a very personal book. Um, and of course, it's one of three that are apparently part of his his publishing deal. But um, it doesn't sound too much like it's, you know, him writing a bombshell or an expose, but more more so about his personal experience and his growth and his journey that he's taken since that moment when the world was watching him and maybe shedding some light on the things that we didn't get to see because they were just so private and important for him to navigate, you know, behind closed doors. Right. I think I feel like a lot of the, um, you know, his military service that we didn't, the world did not know about. It was kept under wraps for so long as um, kind of that agreement with the media. And so I think there's less that, I mean, obviously we're excited if there's juicy tea to be spilled in the book, but I feel like it's also important that we're going to learn from Harry what that was like for Harry. Um, so you know, I did think an interesting detail in the New York Times was the mention that Prince Harry's gotten cold feet at numerous points throughout this process and that there was a delay, although it wasn't as significant of a delay. I think I'm curious, is the royal family across the pond officially shaking in their boots? I know that that's what everyone, you know, they're <laughs> up in arms. That's the, you know, the main headline over there. But I mean, just our reaction to the title, what do you guys think is going on over there? I mean, if if being the spare has been a tough place for Prince Harry to navigate, you know, for decades at this point, think about how he has to feel now when his whole family is getting shaken up with the passing of the queen and his father stepping into the role of king. I think more so, you know, maybe not necessarily some of the things he wrote were going to make them shake in their boots, but it, it does... I think it takes a moment to pause and reflect in this situation where so much has changed in just Mm -hmm. the past two months, um, where maybe 
just the tone of what he wrote needed to be changed up a bit. Or maybe he just needed to take a step back and think, okay, this might have been fine when my grandmother was uh, holding the reins. But now that it's a little bit more close to the center of, you know, his his family, his father's the king, um, maybe there are some things in there that needed to get pared back a little bit. Yeah, because Roberta and I keep talking about just the runway to the coronation. It's not just mm-hmm. Harry's memoir. We've got The Crown coming out, and I'm sure there will be other things that come up along the way between now and May, but it's just there's the docu- a series. Yeah, there's a lot at stake in a different way than when Queen Elizabeth was still with us. Yeah, I almost feel like what you mentioned, Amanda, too, plays into the shift in the date, because I feel like it actually <laughs> gives the royals a chance to celebrate the holidays and then <laughs> they can kind of find out what is in Harry's memoir. They're, he's at least sparing the holidays for them, if I can make that pun. <laughs> but I do feel like, um, yeah, we. I mean, even to hear him read the audiobook, I'm thrilled to download the audiobook. I can't wait. Yeah. But we wanted to pivot uh, a little bit to archetypes because mm-hmm. now we are, you know, I don't know. Let me see how many episodes we have. Six or seven episodes in. And what do you think about it? I mean, I want to hear your thoughts on the Yeah, podcast. I mean, with, you know, archetypes, Harry's book, the theme for the Sussexes this fall really seems to be kind of rewriting the narrative about them. Um, the most powerful moments when it comes to learning about the royals are always when they are speaking in their own words. So for Megan, I think archetypes so far has been a really huge success in just reminding us that she is a person. You know, whenever I was listening to the episode today, I haven't quite finished it yet, but whenever she gets on her podcast, I'm just reminded she's a girl's girl and she has always wanted to do something more with her position, whether that was as a celebrity, a public figure, or a member of the royal family. Um, And now that she's no longer a working member of the royal family, it's very interesting seeing that take shape right before us on our on our Spotify app every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and it's it's really compelling to have her in our ears. It's I think podcasting in general. I mean, obviously, I'm a little bit biased, <laughs> but where you, it's a very intimate relationship, and you get that sort of closeness to her. And um, it is a very much a must listen for Roberta and I. Yeah. Do you have a favorite episode, Amanda, so far, or favorite guest, even? Oh my goodness. It's so hard to say. I really loved Z-Way on the episode um, Mm. last week about the angry black woman myth. Um, But even just the episode this week uh, with the little cameo from her mom, Doria, like I I just love that, that peek behind the curtain at who is she hanging out with? Who's FaceTiming her? It's it's enjoyable for sure. Yeah. It's a reminder too, to me that we missed out on a lot of Megan content when she was in the royal family, because I think there was, you know, her blogging days with the TIG and Instagram. Mm -hmm. She was just so proficient at that. And then to now get that back, it's like, I can't wait to see what else they come out with the Netflix docuseries. Well, and it's a reminder of how much we missed as well when they made that transition because the pandemic simultaneously hit. But I also think it gave them this space to figure a lot out, even though they're still very much figuring stuff out in their new life post-royal family. But it's fascinating. It's it's really um, exciting to follow along. We also wanted to ask you, Amanda, like, tell us your whole story with how you became so successful at Royal Commentary, where your love of the Royals stemmed from. 
Sure. Yeah. So my uh, fascination with the royals definitely started with my mom, who was uh, Princess Diana Stan, one of the originals, I think. Um, <laughs> she she was a teacher. You know, Diana was a preschool teacher. They had a lot in common. So I was always aware of who Diana was. She had this book of uh, Princess Diana paper dolls. They were the charity oh. auction dresses. And I absolutely destroyed it. Like, cut them all out, which I don't think you're supposed wait, to do. Wait, this same, is so funny. Amanda, right? This also happened to me. My mother also bought me the book of paper dolls. I don't know if it was the one from her charity auction. It was a different one. But mm-hmm. I also cut them all up. Like I still have them, but what was I thinking? Like this <laughs> tracked, is a collector's item. <laughs> I, yeah. I tracked a copy of it down and like oh. replaced it for her once I oh. got, I think I even like snipped Charles ears a little too close. No. Like it's like no. really bad when I look at them. I'm just horrified. I think I was in third grade, though. Yeah, I was definitely way too young to be, like, given something like that. Um, But yeah, so, like, I've always had that fascination with the royals. And then it was the Meghan and Harry interview with Oprah that kind of got me uh, making content about them. I, my partner at the time probably in an omen of things to come, did not want to hear anything about the royal family. <laughs> I had so many thoughts and I said, okay, I'll just make a TikTok. And so I did. And it was about the part of the interview that was like probably the juiciest where everyone just wanted to dish with their friends about who was the one who made those comments about Archie's skin tone. Um, so made a video, posted it, didn't even like maybe if 10 people had commented, I would have been happy for like that engagement, but it got, I think, 3 million views in like the initial wave. So I said, okay, well, let me make another one. See if people like what I have to say. Okay. That one went really well too. Let me make another one. And so it just kind of snowballed from there. Um, and so now I've been doing it for over a year and a half, almost two years. And I, I just, I love it. I, I get to dish with people all over the world. Um, I, I try to have a really intersectional point of view when we talk about the Royals, because as much as we love the dresses and the the jewels and the engagements, you know, there, there is this more serious side to royal history. It's an institution that's existed for a thousand years for a reason. So I want to talk about that as well. You know, the good with the bad. It's a testament, Amanda, to what you've created there, because like people that know that Rachel and I do this podcast, stop me on the street and ask if I follow Matta fact. So (laughs) I feel like it is incredible what you've built and the community and your art history background, does that tie into it at all? Uh, well, first of all, thank you. Um, and yeah, it definitely does. So I have a bachelor's in art history and a master's in museum uh, leadership, which I basically say that helps me know how to explain things <laughs> and provide context. Um, and the art history part of it, you know, so much of royal history is the imagery and you know, we we get communicated to by the royals through their clothing, through their portraiture. So being able to break down just the, the images we get of them is mm-hmm. such an essential part of royal watching. So, yeah, I find it all fascinating. Um, would not change a thing about my trajectory to get here, even though it wasn't necessarily my plan. Yeah. Absolutely. I do want to know because, you know, we're talking about your TikTok and Instagram and Rachel and I know firsthand that the royals can be so polarizing and so mm-hmm. controversial for a lot of people. And I was just reading a tweet today about it. Like it, it's almost a conduit for people to place themselves in a camp. And so mm-hmm. I'm wondering how you navigate that and how you have navigated that with so much attention and focus on the content you produce. Yeah, no, definitely. That's, um, gosh, it's so hard because, yeah, when you talk about the royals, even just on the surface level, uh, you're going to attract people who 
take it so much more seriously than you ever would have imagined. And that's something I didn't expect when I started making content. Um, so yeah, I did have <laughs> like a kind of sticky patch where I offended a lot of people where, where, you know, I was breaking down some of the PR that happens, the strategy that goes into what we see from the Royals. And a lot of people don't want that curtain to be drawn back. They want mm. the the magic to remain intact with the Royals because that's how they are most powerful. Um, and it, it, you really, you rub up against someone's entire worldview when you, when you do delve into those things. So yeah, it's completely a polarized space. I wish it wasn't. Um, it's so hard to find a true neutral point of view. Um, I mean, even I, you know, for many people just saying things like Megan, the Duchess of Sussex is a human is, is too much. (laughs) It's too much to point out. Um, but it's wild, fascinating. Yeah. yeah. And I try my best to, to navigate it with grace and poise. Um, but sometimes I do have to take a step back and remember like, okay, it's not about me. It's not about what I said. This is somebody else who looks at this situation an entirely different way that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that it, it is what it is. Yeah. I feel like yeah. that's such yeah. good. Yeah. A thing to remember. I feel like Rachel and I are always Remember why we came to this and why we mm-hmm. wanted to do this was that we love all the royals and we love celebrating them. And so that's... Um, but it's okay to take a critical eye as well yeah. as you celebrate them too, because I think that that's a really huge part of it and important. We to- should be critical of people in power and celebrities, of course. Like that's, that's yeah, that's what we should be doing always. Amanda, can I throw one question, Roberta? We haven't asked this in a really long time, but if you could identify with any royal dead or alive, who would it be and why? Okay, so I'm going to go with Anne of Cleves, who is Henry VIII's fourth wife. Um, if you have watched Sixth Musical or listened to it, she <laughs> oh, has the best songs so on that album. Yes. Um, but just she's the one who made it out of that whole situation, that whole Henry VIII mess unscathed. Um, and I think that's because she was able to to see the political situation going on around her and navigate it really astutely um you know we don't have to go into you know the the religious reformation but um (laughs) she was caught up in that and it could have gone so so badly for her but it didn't and i think it has a lot to do with you know the head that was on her shoulders as much as it has to do with you know maybe the position she was born into yeah i saw some people recreating the six the musical costumes by the way i thought that was amazing we saw fabulous roberta and i saw it together pre-pandemic it was amazing so great answer yeah, we haven't gotten that answer. You'd be, you're probably not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little obscure. Yeah. yeah I, I love like it. it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. It is a pleasure getting to talk to you. And everyone can follow you that's listening if they don't already at, at Mada of Fact. That's underscores between Mada and of Fact TikTok and Instagram accounts. And thank you so much again. Oh my gosh. Thank you. It was such a pleasure getting to talk to you guys. Roberta, can I squeeze in one last piece of news before we adjourn and hit the highs and lows? I would be mad if you didn't. Okay, thank you. Um, I just wanted to shout out the fact that the Waleses, Kate and William, are back in action. They're easing in, of course, because they have been on a much-deserved break, but we saw Kate virtually. She shared a video for the Taking Action on Addiction campaign this week, part of Addiction Awareness Week. 
As a reminder, she's patron of the Forward Trust. She got took that on last year. And this work also dovetails really strongly with her work with children and the first five years and the impact of mental health. I was just happy to see her. My immediate reaction was her shirt, which is by Tori Birch, but reminded me of the Alessandra Rich dress, which I immediately associate with you because <laughs> you have the I most perfect. Touched. perfect wow, Rachel. Duplicate. <sighs> That is such a compliment. You know that polka dot blue dress I wore to our Jubilee brunch yes. with Tori Birch, and it looks exactly like this. So I was just like, this "That's is a Birch outfit." I wasn't thinking it was Kate's. I just always think of you. And also, just I wanted to mention with the you know conversation about addiction, I have been so non-royal, head down in Matthew Perry's book and interview, "Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing," which came out. This week, last week. Wait, you're reading that? I'm reading that, but also wow. just I, I stayed up Saturday night. Don't make fun of me watching his Diane Sawyer interview. It's just the Friends parallel that was such a yeah. part of my high school, college experience. Is it really heavy? It's really heavy, but I think that it does an important thing, which just you know sheds light on the fact that it's a disease and you know just what people are going through. So I think he's doing a good thing. I'm glad Kate's doing this too. Yeah. We also saw William at the 10th Annual Tusk Conservation Awards. This was at Hampton Court Palace. He was dressed in a tux and he had that red poppy pin from Remembrance Day, which they will the royals will be wearing all month. Um, his speech was about climate change and protecting biodiversity in Africa. I think just in general, I'm so happy to see them. I can't believe that we are one month out this week from Earthshot in Boston. It is so crazy. I can't wait. I think also just the, you know, the sign of the poppy, Roberta. I don't know if you felt this way too, but, you know, I think of the queen and just, you know, all the Remembrance Day ceremony participation that she's had over the years and how last year was when it was really kind of stressful as, you know, watching along with her health where she was supposed to participate in the service and then pulled out at the last second and gave us all kind of a scare. And it's just, I don't know, I think just what, how much changes obviously in a year it's it's hard to think back on that front no I agree I like completely associate Remembrance Day and even all of November and the poppy with the queen and how passionate she was about honoring those that served so mm-hmm. I totally see that should we get to our highs yes. and lows? Thank you for in- indulging me. I just, I was no, so happy. Happy so to, good see, to the, see the whales is back. I know, I know. Two and a half weeks flew by though, I have to say. All right, before we adjourn the royal pod here, highs and lows. It's time for the royal highs and lows. I didn't even pick a low before this episode. I love I it. I feel like all over the place, but I know we are going to see Charles, Camilla, Sophie and Edward tonight at this reception at Buckingham Palace for Olympians. So I thought that was really nice. The reason it's my low is because I don't think Kate and William are going to be there. They weren't confirmed. They confirmed everyone else. Mm. And that's a bummer because I feel like what I miss the most out of these two and a half weeks we haven't seen them is Kate's fashion. And yes, we got the addiction video with the polka dot shirt, but it wasn't enough. I'm, no. I want to see reception dresses. I cannot wait for this state reception at the end of the month. So I it's, totally, a, it's a low high. Totally, totally agree. Uh, my low is back to Mike Tyndall. Uh, this I'm a celebrity get me out of here is giving me a lot of pause. The promo shots made it super real. And also just really reflecting on, you know, Mike's not a working royal, but he seems better positioned to play both sides here. Just like, you know, it's interesting thinking about how the hybrid role wasn't possible, but he has almost such close like access. nepotism or like favoritism. It's like, yeah. why did he get away with this so much? I don't know. Yeah. And also like, you know, so this isn't his first reality show. He did one in 2015. I also 
I'm not trying to go on a tangent here, but I did some sleuthing about this apparent reality show disaster that happened in the 80s that was called It's a Royal Knockout that Edward kind of led the charge on. Oh, I need to do no. more reading on that. But I just, <laughs> Edward's I think... company, his production company, yeah. RIP. I think we're just seeing, we're seeing a lot of roles on scripted TV, but it's the reality quotient that gives me pause. And Mike, we know, is kind of more loose-lipped with the podcast. So did he get Charles's approval for this? Very complicated feelings about this. And he is en route to Australia now, according to royal sources. That's two weeks in a row that we've had Mike Tyndall as well. I know. So I'm, I'm like, we're, <laughs> at, it's, we're, we're feeling weird about it, Roberta. The dominoes add in now this. It's just too much. All right. My high is the Spencer 1508 series, which we now have more info on. It's a series of email newsletters, videos, a YouTube channel, which I watched some of the videos of, and this beautifully designed website. I am just in awe of how gorgeous they made this look. And it's really interesting to see behind the scenes. And I feel like I have a new soft spot for Karen Spencer. She's a Canadian philanthropist and entrepreneur, and I just didn't know that much about her, but she seems really relatable. Here's a clip from that. I am very passionate about putting everything back, whether it be the stables or the walled garden or the mill. Don't tell anybody I said the mill because that's not actually on the list yet, but <laughs> I would love to put the mill back. I'd love to put it all back. Yeah, I, I, the behind the scenes too, like she's out stamping down like the in the farmland and then in the house and all the antiques. And I hope we get some like tidbits about Diana in there as well. I know. And did you see Charles shared that new picture too for All yes. Souls Day on Instagram today with Diana and his dad? So that dress is so stunning. So stunning. All right. My high was this week's Archetypes episode about motherhood and guilt. Uh I'll totally say that I think that the Mariah Carey episode has been my favorite up to this point. I just, I think that was when I really clicked in and just enjoyed Megan as the host. But this topic for me is so front and center. Pamela Adlon, Sophie Trudeau, Sam Jay, they were the guests this week. And just, it struck such a chord. Also the Doria cameo. I felt like that was so organic. They kept it in. I just thought that was a joy. But in general... The motherhood guilt is real. And Finn has been sick for so long. I'm just feeling the the push-pull of life. And so I really related to this. I have such a desire now to go watch better things with Pamela Adlon because that just – she and I mean, Sophie Trudeau, she's so down to earth. Like it's just them sitting by the pool. That was just – I know. I love that setup in the beginning of the episode too. This was a really delightful episode. All right. Just a reminder, as always, before we close, leave us a royal rating. A five-star review would make Rachel and I's – day, week, month. And remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. We will be posting news about this live event in New York, November 15th. Make sure to mark it on your calendars. And till next week, God God save save the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.